Let's do this. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's past down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening, at least here in the Phoenix, Arizona. Now, last Tuesday, we didn't record. But it was okay for Patrick O'Dowd because he had worn himself out shoveling the snow. What is your weather like <laughs> now, seven days later? Uh, it is, I mean, today it was like 37 degrees. But You can reverse was, that for where I am. Right. We, um, Finally. We had, our, we had two days of snow, and it was like those two days were like the entire winter's worth of snow landed on the Northeast in two separate occasions. It did result in a day off from work. That's good. Which was nice because, you know, the proverbial snow day is is excellent. Of course. And the little O'Dowd was thrilled. But, Absolutely, uh, as he should be. That's it was, what life's all about at that age. Yes. But it was a pain in the ass to shovel. And I had to go out. There. It was like a – you remember this back in the Connecticut days, even though you didn't live off campus or have to – like, you know, we didn't have to shovel our we own didn't have walks. to shovel our own snow, but, yes. But like there were like weather dumps, yeah. Like like that were just like it would take like two three trips to get shit shoveled out, and that's that's what that's what last Tuesday was. Uh, and then that on top of the technology problems, yep. Just sort of it was like the universe telling us that it was okay. Did to, record to take a to did take a two days with off. You, but did record. Yes, I saw that. But it worked out. Yeah, it all worked out. You saw that. Did you hear that? No, I didn't listen to it. I, the only reason why I ask is because there'll be so many times where I'll bring something up and you'll be like, well, it's obvious you haven't listened to this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. And I'm like, you never listened to this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show or... A couple of times. Like I, I don't really need to know what's going on in the, the world of Arizona independent professional wrestling. And, That's and only so, a portion of the program. I know, but it's the portion... Like it, 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 By how, the how way, you, if you're a local one in the state of Arizona, April 22nd... Uh, IZ Evil Lives featuring Monster. I had a great day today working on the wrestling stuff as I was off of work and very excited about we got we're gonna this is this is you know the evolution of a wrestling promotion for the first time since IZW came back in October of 2019. We will be selling IZW merch at the event. We've always sold wow. it online. 
And there are some fans who have partaken, but we will be selling them at the event. The cool thing is, because we're doing this through our, our main sponsor, 3D Sports Cards and Collectibles, people can actually buy them in advance and pick them up at their store or pick them up at the event if they've bought it in advance so that they know that their size will be available because in advance, if they purchase in advance, if if a size runs out, more can be printed, like all that good stuff. So I'm very excited about that. That is is... For anyone local listening, that is new information as that has not been released yet as I've also been redoing the website and some other things. So going to be a big night. I also went to the venue. Of course, we had to move the February event because the Horny Toad Glendale was sold to the Grand Avenue Pizza Company and and they did not open until March. They just had their grand opening last weekend and was there today confirming all of the fall dates and, and talking to them and the owners very excited and and he kept all the staff too, so they know us. So it's really cool. Um, so so ex- happy and excited in the world of pro wrestling. Head on over to izwwrestling.com or at izwwrestlingaz on social media. Pick up your tickets while you can. Uh, because we carried everything over from the February event, it's already our fastest selling event. And and even seven weeks out, more tickets than than ever sold before. So it is going to be amazing. And I cannot wait. It's going to be a big, big night, and we're going to do it upright. So it'll be good. But that is that is the local Arizona wrestling, as you talked about. Um, so, so I, did you? Um, I meant to send this to you. Did you see that our boy Lionel Richie is going on tour? I saw that. I didn't dig did in. Did you see look. who? He, did you see who no. he's touring with? No, I didn't. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Wow, it's. It's uh, or what's left of Earth, Wind, and Fire? Just Earth and Wind. I lo- I I looked for a date close to us, or like close to you. Yeah, uh, Vegas, Los Angeles was like the best I think I saw. Eight hundred dollars um, per ticket, or something like that. You know, I didn't. I didn't look. Um, I didn't. Insane. I didn't look closely. Ticket prices uh, are well. His va- his scanner. Vegas. His Vegas show, yeah, definitely. I we look at that. Was because because that was okay. Let's see here because it pops up. Lionel Richie, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Sing along, sing a song all night long. That's the name of the tour. Okay, so he is he is coming to Boston mm. on on August eleventh. Um, but out west, it's Austin, Dallas, Houston, Denver, San Francisco. Seattle, Washington, and Los Angeles, California. Like there is no good, truly good, like West. No, LA. Post I mean, date. LA, which bad. is still, but for you, like that's still like, I mean, for me, that's a huge hike, but we could, yeah. we could get, uh, we could get the lawyer, at, um, David Ungar, come see some Lionel Richie with us. See, it's not his wheelhouse though. And it should be. It isn't his, his eighties metal love is kind of his, uh, his thing. Which makes no sense to me whatsoever. It really doesn't. But hey, you know, it is what it is. It is indeed what it is. So I'm trying to find the all night long soundbite, and I can't seem to locate it. Too it's okay. Long. I wouldn't hear it even if you played it. You're still we're still on that where you can't hear them all. I hear part of Dean like fucking I heard, Ambrose. I heard Dean fucking Moxley. Um, I heard during the intro, I heard off, you know, the awe Phoenix. And then 
Hey, yo. Right. I heard Christopher Platt, but I never hear Sabotage anymore. Which like, is so I weird never it's all one clip. Right. It's not split up. I don't, I, I just click a button and it all goes. So that's really crazy that it, that it works like that. But who knows? Of course, we would start a show talking about Lionel Richie and his concert tour when we have a million things planned to talk about. So that's sure. what we're doing. I mean, it's, those are the best. This shows. is my yard now. Of course. I mean, there is no hashtag Miranda show this week. And so, so we've got all the time. This is our final show. We're great. Not our final show ever. People are like, is your final show? And this is what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I was like, is this our final show? You're doing Lionel Richie? Um, actually, if we did have a final show, we probably would try to get Lionel Richie. It, we wouldn't, but we would try. And right. this is our final show of this year, well, of this season, on Mountain Time for me, as the time change takes place this weekend. And, or doesn't. You know, oh, shit, case. that's right. So this is our last week where it's like, yeah, we can go as late, because next week we start later. So it'll be fun. So I completely forgot about that. I forgot that the time changes. That means that this it'll it will be dark when I get out of work. There you go. How exciting is that? It's very exciting. So dark at like three o'clock, and we'll be back on Pacific time, which most Arizonans prefer. So hopefully, Mm -hmm. we'll things will happen like they're supposed to, and we'll we'll eventually stay on the Pacific time. But who knows? But we do have a lot of things to talk about today. We're gonna talk some Cody Rhodes, some Jay Uso. Patrick O'Dowd has some thoughts. On everybody's favorite all elite wrestling, we've got a very fun edition of the list. And I've got two different topics for the three minute warning and what the hell we might talk about on both. Who knows? But it's going to be a good time. Acknowledge me. So let's talk some Cody Rhodes, Patrick O'Dowd. This is something that you wanted to talk about. Not that we can't talk Cody, it is one of the big stories in the world of professional wrestling right now. So, but. I don't. There's a million different directions you can go in right now with Cody Rhodes, right? So what 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 do you want to talk about with Cody Rhodes? And let's take it from so, there. So so let me tell you what spurred this because it kind of made me mad uh, to start with. So to say that there's already been like the usual internet chatter because of the whole Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn you know, like storyline and his like Sammy's heat and how, how he's just, he's great. And people like the argument being that like folks are somehow tepid on Cody. That's, that's one thing. Uh, I caught a snippet of, of, of all things busted open radio. And the question that was being posed and discussed, which I shut off because I didn't want to hear what they had to say. Uh, just, and not, like not because of them to influence your answer. Right. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, but I wanted to use your thoughts on it. And and I thought about it because like, I thought the question was interesting because of the way he was brought out on raw this past Monday. The the question was, is Cody Rhodes being quote shoved down our throats? Question mark. And I thought it was an interesting question. Well, I mean, we'll we'll both talk about it. I thought it was an interesting question to be asked and the timing of the question being asked because of the way, again, Cody Rhodes gets brought out on the show in Boston by John Cena and gets like the John Cena seal of approval in Boston, Massachusetts and the hug and they talk in the ear and the whole thing before Cody goes and does his thing. And that absolutely was why 
the shoved down our throats question then gets asked on busted open radio on Tuesday uh, because it's a little heavy handed, right? Yes. Like it's maybe not even a little heavy handed. It's very heavy handed. It's, it's a very old school, what you do to kind of help a dude's momentum as you're, as you're heading into WrestleMania, have the Boston hero put over via words and bring out the Boston guy. Did Cody need that? And was it shoving down our throats? I don't know about that. Cody's in the top program in WrestleMania. He's right. going to be on every fucking SmackDown and Raw until WrestleMania. Get used to it. Maybe not every SmackDown, and, but he'll be. But it, definitely every Raw. Like he's like oh, he's, yeah. but he's going to be on. You're going to see him on TV all the damn time. Of course you are. He's in the WrestleMania like, main event. It's right. So is that getting shoved down our throats, or is that building your main event? Well, what do you think? I already have an answer, but I, I want to know I mean, yours. I I think I think if. Every if at every city and show Cody gets trotted out and put over by the biggest name that ever came from that city, sure that's shoving down your throats. Okay. I as don't, of today, as, I didn't. As of what you I don't feel today. it. I don't feel like he's being shoved down my throat okay. right now. No, because this is the program that is the one of the he's one of the top two programs for WrestleMania. So you you should expect to see Cody Rhodes at every turn. Right. So. My answer is yes. I do think Cody Rhodes is being shoved down our throat. However, my reason is the same exact explanation you just gave. I feel like it's a necessity right now. Cody was gone for months, right? After Hell in a Cell, he was gone rehabbing. Returned at the Royal Rumble. Returned at one of the height points of the Bloodline Sami Zayn storyline. And was inserted into a feud with Roman Reigns or... or athletic competition with Roman Reigns during all of this bloodline madness where Roman kind of has Cody as an afterthought. So I think they're shoving Cody down our throats based out of necessity, but I still think they are. And I do think that the whole John Cena thing was, is a big part of the reason why. Um, Cause here's the thing, the, the Cody, the John Cena th- announcement of Cody Rhodes didn't work for me. It didn't work. It's not going to work for me. Well, it did. It did. I will say this: it didn't fit. It did or didn't? Like, I did not. No, it was awkward. It was like he literally. He literally gets done running down theory, and then it's just like, oh, and here's this guy who's better than you. And he like walked down the aisle with no music after you know stopping to tell Austin Theory he had a little dick, and which I have a massive problem with. I have a massive problem with that whole promo, which we'll get to. And then it's like, oh, by the way. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Like, this was worse than when The Rock was raising Roman Reigns' hand in the Royal Rumble in 2015. Yeah. And that didn't go well for the company. But look at them now, though. Obviously, it did go well in the long run. I it, it's And it's... Cena put on this whole interview where he looked like an absolute douchebag, in my opinion. Yes. I thought the Austin yeah. promo was awful. It was... Because it was John Cena doing what John Cena used to do when he was there every week. But when he's part-time John Cena, it did the same thing with Roman Reigns. It did the same thing with AJ Styles. When John Cena, and and this is, it's weird because Cena wasn't, and maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't feel like Cena was this bad towards his opponents in the past. Or maybe he was, but his character was a little edgier than it is now. Because Cena is so appreciative of everything. 
and, and right. I think happy, I think that's part of the you know, problem. Gratitude, I, John Cena, and then he turns around and tells the guy who just got done telling him he idolized him as a child. Yeah, that no one believes you as a pro wrestler, which right. is not even like storyline stuff. That's like yeah. real. Not that people. Yeah, really I, th- feel I that think way. that I think I think that very what you said very much hits on kind of the problem with this sort of two like you can't do what it, what it kind of you can't do that ruthless aggression, you know, character even though it's not fully the ruthless aggression sort of character, John Cena. And then have and then be a nice guy everywhere else. Like that doesn't work. And he doesn't need to be that. Like I'd rather us have, you know, sort of peak. We're tired of John Cena as a you know face. John Cena, right? When he was the champion, you know, and people would say he was shoved down our throats because that guy was much more about that. Like you can't sit there and preach hustle, loyalty, respect, and then talk about a dude's tiny dick. Uh, or talk about how you're going to have fun tonight and it'd be like all this. Right. And then turn around. It's just, it's day and night characters at different periods of his career and, and it doesn't work and it doesn't feel natural and it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. And one, how does that help your program with Austin theory? It uh, only helps how does that help Austin, Austin theory? theory? If Austin theory, if he wins, the crap out of him. I think he'll right. win. But if it's Super Cena and if Theory has to cheat or anything like that, like it's just – and I'd be okay right. with Theory cheating to win without this promo. This is like when Triple H told Booker T, people like you don't win matches like this. And then Booker T didn't win the match. Like, right. And I get right. why, and I'm not here to argue that point, but it's like why deliver that promo if he wasn't going to win the match? Then maybe they hadn't made the decision yet when that promo was delivered. Who knows? And of course, everyone thought Triple H was referring to somebody who's black and really he was probably referring to somebody with a record and blah, blah, blah from WCW, but who knows? But this whole thing with John Cena and Austin Theory, like, first of all, Austin Theory challenges John Cena to do a match at WrestleMania and Cena says no. Like, right. John Cena says and then no. Right. And, and then, then he turns around and says yes. yes when Theory brings up the people. It's just right. so weird. And and doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense as we continue to talk about Cody Rhodes here on the Greg DeMarco show. And it's it's just dumb for me. And if Theory doesn't win and win somewhat convincingly, at least that final one, two, three clean, then and even if at the end then John Cena puts him over and says, You showed me something, why is the douchebag heel showing you anything? And why were you right. a douchebag heel towards a douchebag heel? Like, if anything, just tell Austin Theory his beard is god-awful. And because it's funny because on the right. WWE Instagram page, they're showing photos of Austin Theory dressed like John Cena in all the same poses. Yeah. But he doesn't have the beard. He has just a little groom thing. And it looks amazing. And then you look at him now, it's like, your beard is awful. You Some people can't yeah. grow a beard. You are one of them. Don't. Well, and it's fine. But, but, but I actually think that's kind of part of what, I kind of like it because it's a douchey thing to do. Yes, and, it, and it's kind of a douchey heel character. Like, yeah, it's that whole. He's, he's you know, like, he's like, you're not supposed I to like good. his beard, Greg. Like, I get that, right? I do. Right. Um, so, and, and all of this is to say that Cody Rhodes is being shoved down our throats, and that's uh, but that's the other. <laughs> so, I want to get your opinion on something. Right. I tweeted this. So you may have already seen it. I don't know. I tweet. I really, 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 really liked the Cody Rhodes Roman Reigns promo from SmackDown. 
And you were like one of three people who who apparently did. A lot of people actually and liked I, it, but some people were. Well, okay. I'm somebody just, on the yeah, chair shot silly. buried it, and and everyone else was like, "You're an idiot." Um, they didn't use those words. Yeah, because I, we like each other. But Roman. But here's the thing about that promo: it was carried by Roman. It was like yes. Cody's been carrying everything himself, and then when he was in there with Roman, it was like, okay, these guys are not on the same level. Like this showed me because Roman's been embroiled in the whole Sammy thing for so long. But like it really is on a level that nobody else is on. And 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 not even the dusty stuff, because that's whatever. The dusty thing for me is old and stupid. I don't even like the dusty roads being a part of this anymore. But when Roman threw the belts on the ground and said, You ain't gonna like this, and put the belts on the ground, because Cody's a traditionalist and, and belts and all this other stuff, right. championships. And then it was like, You ever won that one before? It points to it. Yeah. And then and you ever won that you one? You ever even wrestled for this one have you ever even right. main evented a wrestle like everything that he was doing to cody in a way that's not complete polar opposite of what john cena was doing to austin theory because he wasn't right telling cody you don't have the heart you don't have this like he didn't tell him any of that roman was just like you're just not where i am and 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 to me, did it like I feel like they're teetering on getting rid of the dusty part of the storyline and letting it be about Cody. I don't believe that Cody Rhodes should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Now, that's not to say he can't be the guy who eventually beats Roman Reigns for the title for any time, right. one, both, whatever. I just don't think he should beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, not because it's WrestleMania, not because of the length of Roman Reigns' title run, which I've talked about and and believe in. Because I don't believe anybody should be able to beat Roman Reigns on the first try at this point. I think that right. it's something you've got to build to. You've got to fight him, get the experience of fighting him, learn something about yourself, learn some things about him, and then fight him again and be like, okay, now I'm there. Like McIntyre's lost to him multiple times. Big E lost to him when they did a thing. Like he fought Lesnar a million times. It To me, it's like, no, Cody should not have the ability to beat Roman on the first try. Maybe the second try, maybe backlash, maybe SummerSlam, yeah. maybe whatever. But to me, no one should be able to do that. He's just that good at this point. He's just that impossible, as Cody said. He, he really has been so, built up to be this final <clears throat> boss. Cody, if Cody were to do it on a second try, yeah. uh, you, you know, and you kind of rattle off some other pay per views. I wouldn't want him to do it until it was a SummerSlam. Um, yeah, because well, because of the magnitude of the show. Right. Because and here and, and let me give you an example of why why I would rather go that way. Um, and this isn't because a guy lost and then won at a backlash, uh, but a guy won and it was tepid because it was you know there was a whole mess of what happened, right. and then turned around and won it at the the following pay per view. Sting when he beat Hogan. Right. Um, it's not so much it, it, because the 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 shit went wrong that hurt it in the first place. But to kind of have your true title win then be on a second try on a on a secondary pay per view like a it wasn't even yeah. Super Brawl right? It was like uncensored or maybe it was Super Brawl. Um, I think it was. Spring or is that when you? No, no, it was it was the like the pay per view right after Starcade. So he beats he beats him in Starcade with the well, Nick Patrick controversy because he had the bad tank. And so then, yeah, I think he then beat him again 
at Uncensored, and they tried to like spin it with the controversy of the referee and the count right. and Bret Hart and. You know, and of course, you listen to Bischoff, it's because Sting's head wasn't there and he wasn't tan and all that fun stuff. Um, but that that second victory, which was supposed to be kind of the quote unquote memorable victory to sort of seal the deal, was an eight minute forgettable match that really did nothing for Sting either. And if you're going to have Cody lose, having him win again at Backlash, as Joey Styles would say, Backlash, um, doesn't work in my opinion quite as well as holding it to then get it to like a summer slam right where that's supposed to be your big time summer event anyway yeah and or I even that, that even that even that saudi arabia king of the ring yeah. thing that i won't watch roman's probably not well roman will be on that he was in the ad he's always at those um and that you don't need a title change because you've got you're crowning a king and queen of the ring so that's fine I don't, you know, I don't think Roman should lose the one, the universal anyway, until September 2024 after he's passed Hogan's first reign. But I do right. think they need to split the titles and I'm sure they could do that. So maybe Cody wins money in the bank and then uses that to, to win the title and then has to choose the WWE championship because money in the bank, you can only challenge for one. Who knows? They could have done it with theory last year. They didn't. So, and not even have theory win, just cash in and then McIntyre pins him or whatever. But, um, because I do think Cody can be WWE champion, and I do think Cody can can do absolutely. That. And Raw, I think, is a three hour show. Needs a world champion more than SmackDown does as a two hour show. So that's you know, but to me, that's neither here nor there. We're talking about WrestleMania, and I just don't think I think Cody needs to like have everything possible and then come up short because I think anybody would have to do this. this is not a knock on Cody whatsoever. This is more a commentary on Roman that. No one should be able to beat him until they, they they fight him multiple times and build up to it. And and I'm and I look at it as like a storytelling of my own and all that kind of stuff. Like to me, it's just that's the way you beat a Roman Reigns, just like a Brock Lesnar, you know, and, and and anybody else. Like you just can't do it on that first try, in my opinion. Kind of like you look at the Undertaker. He fought Shawn Michaels two straight WrestleManias. He fought Triple H two straight WrestleManias. It's the second time would have been more believable to me had he lost because right. they grew as, as, as a pro wrestler, they learned and they developed and they got to a point where they could do that. So those are my thoughts on, on Cody and, and it's not, and I, and, and the thing is like, it wouldn't be a disappointing ending for me if he lost like Roman retained at 37 Roman retained at 38 Roman retains at 39. Like I have no problem with this stuff. That's what Hogan did. Back right. in the day, so yeah, and Roman Reigns is the closest that we've had. I, you know, obviously, winning streak notwithstanding, in terms of just right. dominance, like since Hogan, like nobody's Absolutely. dominated like this well, for as Hogan long. Only retained two straight WrestleMania because he didn't defend it at one, and then right. he defended it two, defended it three, and then by four it was vacant. Roman's already defended at three straight manias. I don't. No one's ever done that. Right. So it's. Yeah, like he's definitely in that 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 God mode that they talk about all the time, and and I'm okay with it. So, but that's my opinion on Cody, and and I also, you know, to answer your original question, I do feel like he's being shoved down our throats. I felt like that after what happened on Raw, but I do think it's somewhat of a necessity because he was thrust into the middle of a bloodline storyline, and it weird like he saved Sammy from the attack, and and all right. that. Like, and it, it's also just it's. 
it sucks that he got hurt because it's not his fault. Do we get the bloodline storyline? Yes. If Cody Rhodes doesn't get hurt I to this so. extent, does it get this hot? Um, I probably because I don't think Cody would have been inserted into a bloodline anything until until Royal Rumble. So, um, but but if Cody was still okay, okay so how about I ask it this way? Would people feel like quote unquote, you know, like the folks around that sort of talk about? Cody mm-hmm. sort of being on the outside of the hottest thing. Would it feel that way if Cody wasn't hurt and no. had been wrestling regularly and then won the Royal Rumble after wrestling regularly? No. Because because he, he wasn't injured. felt that way for less people. I think some people would still feel yes. that he shoved down our throats, but less would. Because Cody really came in, had a few with Seth Rollins, left. Came back, yep. won the Royal Rumble, had a few with him. So Cody could have had the feud with Seth Rollins, beat him at Hell in a Cell, and then had another feud with somebody else, say like a Finn Balor right. or Kevin Owens or right. whatever. And 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 so we could have had more of Cody than just one program. I think that would have helped a little bit. Um, especially because Cody hasn't lost at all. Like Cody could have suffered a loss right. at some point like, and felt like – a person who's on the roster. Like he came in surprise AEW for years. Now here he is. And then now here he's gone. <laughs> like it just was really, you know, and, and unfortunate, but that's kind of the way it was. But I, I do think less people would feel as though he's being shoved down our throats. Had he not had to leave after the surgery. Right. I agree with you there. Absolutely. So, let's take a quick commercial break. Head on over to pro com forward slash a chair shot, pick up a chair shot t-shirt. All kinds of good stuff, logos, slogans, shirts for the podcast, whatever you may want. We have it over there at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can get it in a tank top. You can get a hoodie. You can get soft style. Treat yourself. Be comfortable. It's amazing. You will love it. Prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Acknowledge me! So, before we get into your AEW opinions that I definitely want to hear, on Raw last night, we had another twist and turn in the Bloodline Sami Zayn storyline. On SmackDown, we ended with Jay... Well, I think Solo wasn't able to get rid of Sammy. Jay was, you know, we were going to Raw. Jay was going to take on Sammy. Or Jimmy was going to take on Sammy. And Roman was like, obviously they want to get rid of Sammy, but he was also worried about Jimmy. And he was like, I'm losing patience with Jimmy. Or with Jay. I'm sorry. He was worried about Jay. I'm losing patience trying to get Jay back. But if Jimmy doesn't come back by next Friday... He's holding J- if J- Jesus if Jay doesn't if Jay come back doesn't come by back next by Friday, Friday he is holding Jimmy responsible and you could see the level of stress that Jimmy had because nobody knows Jimmy better nobody knows Jay better than Jimmy and and so he was completely stressed Boy, over this it, is, like me right now trying to figure out which Uso is which it's like me on bandwagon nerds this past Sunday they don't even look the Ooh. same anymore like it shouldn't be that hard but. Jimmy's super stressed over Jay because he knows that Jay is kind of his own guy and Jay is that, that hothead and Jay can do, Jay's going to do whatever he wants to do. And of course we get to Raw on Monday. Sami Zayn beats Jimmy after Jay kind of comes out through the crowd or whatever. And then, you know, Solo's attacking whatever and Jay kind of comes to the rescue. Not really comes to the rescue, but walks in. You have a great emotional moment between Jimmy and Jay Jay, Jay's like clutching at his shirt. Like, was he going to rip the shirt off of him? Like, I don't really know what that was supposed to mean. Right. Because they had different We The Ones shirts on. Then Jay leaves, goes and stands next to Sammy, puts the one up. And when he put the one up, to me, that was signaling his true allegiance. Right. But Sammy puts it up and was like, yeah, We The Ones. And then, of course, Jay hits the super kick. And and yells it. And and what I loved is Jay yelling at Sammy saying, This is family shit. Did you really think I was gonna pick you? And and that was his argument from the beginning, was that it was all family stuff. And of course, they throw him in the ring, they beat on him, Cody makes a save, but now Jay firmly back in the bloodline. You know it's not gonna be all, you know, roses on Friday. Roman's still gonna have some right. issue, and Roman's not gonna just immediately accept him. Um because that's not what Roman does. Because why did he have to wait? Why did it take you this long? So there'll be some of that, and it'll be intriguing. It'll be good. He's got to show. He's got to. He's got to show Roman. He's got his head right. Right. That that that'll that'll be that'll be Friday. Or maybe he'll have to answer the question of why, and right. and and why he did it for the Rock. Right. Kind of for the Anawati family, but. This, I mean, we knew we had to get here. We knew Jay had to turn at some point so we can get to Kevin and Sammy versus the Usos at WrestleMania. So this is how we're getting there. Do you think the timing was good? Do you think it was done right? Like, how are you feeling coming out of Jay now turning on Sammy and being back in the bloodline? Yeah, I I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it played the crowd great. Or at least the crowd played it all great. Like, 
they went ape shit for the hug. Mm-hmm, they they went, they went ape shit when when Jay hugged Sammy. Like it was just like we were back in Canada, and that made that moment when Jay followed through with the super kick even better. Yep, like it really did because the crowd was there and, and there and was a part of it for it. And so to me, that tells me that their pacing of this story is still working really, really well Absolutely. because because the crowd was in and whether or not they believed it and loved it or just wanted to believe it and loved it when, when what actually came through came through it doesn't matter because it was brilliantly done in the crowd play i think they believed it so i think they believed because right. of course you you earlier in the show you had kevin owens again rebuff rebuffing sammy, sammy and and not uh, you know i, I kind of wish sammy didn't reach his hand out though I, I I almost right. wish Sammy would turn the tables on Kevin a little bit, not fully, but like, all right, if this is what you want, this is what you want, like, and right. and stop begging, and that's gonna come, and and Kevin will join up with Sammy, obviously, probably right. soon. Like we I mean, know we're, we're gonna, only like thirty some days okay. away from WrestleMania, so right, and that's the next step, right? Is now Sammy is alone, yeah. like truly alone, like he is Kevin is Kevin is not helping. Him. The only person that's helped him is Cody. And, you know, that's Cody doing what's right because he's being shoved down our throats um, at, the, at the end of the show of Boston. But it's also what Cody would do because he's playing the honorable face right, right now, right? Like, even if, even if he has no real connection with Sammy, like, he's not teaming up with Sammy. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's in a tag match with Sammy in a Raw or something or whatever. I doubt it because that's not the story that they're telling. And that telling. would be the most, the story that, you know, old Vince McMahon. That ever. would be then, – then I'd be like, okay, now my throat is full. If they do Sammy, Kevin, and Cody versus the Usos and Solo, I mean, it's believable why they would do that, but I don't want them to do that. Right. So, at the at the end of the day, um, no, I think this story, Sammy's story is working. It is still going extraordinarily well. It's going in the direction that we expected to go. And we still have some hurdles to get over before we get to the SmackDown before WrestleMania where Sammy and Kevin are cleaning house ahead of our WrestleMania right. match. Probably our night. Like that's where we're going. Yeah. Right. As we, as we work our way towards that. And so we've still got some things to do. And I think Sammy's going to get his ass handed to him repeatedly over the next few shows. If not like, Friday, just what's going to be. And then right. we'll, we'll eventually get the Kevin Owens. Maybe the, somehow Cody will be taken out and not available. So then here comes Kevin Owens. Who knows? Um, I will say this. You talked about the pop. The the thing that I love the most about this, a lot of the bloodline storyline with Sammy has involved deadlines. We had the core. Uh, yep. You're going to have your test. At, you know, we had war games was a test and we had, uh, you know, the Royal Rumble was going to be a test. Jimmy was given a deadline of next Friday to, to get Jay in yep. line. We didn't know if Jay was going to be there. There was nothing advertised for Jay. So Jay doing this on Monday was great because it was not, we didn't know we had to get an answer on Raw. But yet we got an answer on Raw, which is different than how a lot of this has gone. And so I love it for that reason because, like I said, we didn't have to get an answer, but we got an answer. And and so sometimes it's good. A lot of this storyline has been expected because they told you it was going to happen. So now yes. they don't tell you it's going to happen. I'm happy. If that makes sense. Good. It makes sense. 
You should be happy. Good. Let's shift gears, Patrick O'Dowd, and talk about everyone's favorite wrestling promotion. Except not right. everyone. All Elite Wrestling. So you have some thoughts. We once did a show called Patrick Has Some Thoughts. You have some thoughts on AEW you want to get off your chest. And, and the great thing about All Elite Wrestling is it is the gift that keeps on giving. These thoughts could literally be about anything. So right. lay it on us. So What are the thoughts? Well, all right, let's start here. Was What was the name of the pay-per-view? Was what, Revolution? Revolution, yes. Or, yes. I wanted to follow along because I wasn't going to pay for the show. Uh, And so I wanted to get results. And I told you about this uh, article that I read. So I, you know, I jump onto a website. Uh, I won't, I'm actually, I'm not going to, I'm actually not going to throw anyone under the bus, uh, any website or anything, but I read this review uh, on this website where this person breaks down every match, including the, whatever you call your pre-show for AEW. And what is the buy-in? I don't know if they're still calling it the buy-in, though. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. That's a double and so they, they first of all, right. each each match gets rated. I'm assuming on a like a it was a, like a letter. Grade. It was like an an A at a letter grade scale, A through F. And, I assume yes, right. And the range of grades on these matches. Bear in mind, I've not watched these matches. I'm reading right. a human's assessment. Of these matches, and, and we're not going to tell you who it was and what website it right. was. Right, I'm going through match by match, and these matches are averaging like this is like the definition of C's get degrees. Right. As I'm reading a lot of C through these in this, these review. yeah, through these descriptions, there was a D minus given, I want to say, or a D given to the, the Texas Death uh, match. the Moxley yeah. Adam Page match. The Which, Texas Death Match that again, was on the Texas Death Match, yes. Right. And I, I didn't watch that match. I hear it was quite bloody, um, which is what you would expect. Um, but anyway, so I get through this whole thing, get to the main event, the MJF uh Daniel Bryan Danielson match, where as I read through the match, I got and you might appreciate this, I got really mad that they did the sudden death thing, like like every stop doing the fucking sudden death thing in an Iron Man match. You've totally disregarded everything you've done for an hour and made it about five fucking minutes. I'm just you laughing because I did it back in May, but yeah. But Greg, why? Everybody does that. I did Man, it because that's what the, I, I'm I'm really gonna open way too much up. That's what the talent wanted to do. Uh, okay. Anyway, talent that's not good. That's not good storytelling. That's not good story. But I also had Man two match. tag team partners in this Iron Man match against each other. That's fine. That's fine. I, I'm saying this to the talent of the world, right. not just at IZW, but to the talent of the world. Just because Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels did it one time in one of the more, in retrospect, boring matches you will ever see, doesn't mean that we have to keep doing this. But so this person, I think they gave that match like an A minus was like, this was so great. It was wonderful. And I'm like, I'm sitting here being like, no, you had a fucking overtime period for an Ironman match that had four falls each. And you could have just had MJF three to win. three. Did, and oh, it was it three to three? I thought most of five. MJF's three falls came in this flurry in the middle of the match. So, right. So, regardless, like, even if, and actually, I kind of love that booking. 
going out like not in the middle, but I actually would have loved MJF getting like a flurry of pins early and then trying to survive Brian Danielson. Especially the, with the low, the I like the, the, the fact that he, he loses the fall by disqualification with a low blow, uh, but then Danielson so hurt he pins him. Uh, yeah, like that. That I like. Yeah, again, not good storytelling. Um, do it different ways. Right. Anyway, so the, the, this article then does an overall rating of the show, which, by the way, you've done grading systems A through F for the whole article, and then for your rating of the show. You switch to a ten point scale because reasons. I know the reason behind that, but but it's a stupid reason. I don't don't, like. What are you doing? Um, Well, let me explain that. Doesn't make the the website. Mm -hmm. First of all, we're not telling you that this was written by Thomas Hall at Four Winter Mania. We're just not going to do that. Oh goddamn! Their website is formatted in such a way that if you rate a show with an overall rating, you could only do it on a scale of one to ten. So then do your matches on a scale but of one within to the so article, the, rating the author of the show. is free to do it however they want within the article. That's stupid. That's stupid. As an editor, you, you say no. Anyway. They don't actually. I'm say, as an editor, you say no. But they, they you really should. Edit. Well, they somebody should. Press publish. Like, anyway, none of that's neither here nor there. So the average grade, again, on this pay-per-view, based on this person's academic grading scale, is about a C- Plus, maybe maybe even just a C, yeah, maybe a C. Which so if we extrapolate that into percentages, traditionally a C is around a 70, 75. Final grade for for Revolution eight point five out of ten. The fuck. So here's my question to you, Greg. And I clearly didn't watch the show. No. Was this a good show? From all accounts that I have seen, it was a good show. For their fan base, it was a good show. I think it had too many matches. It had this weird final burial match that was really just a casket match. It had right. Well, that was with Christian, right? Was that was Christian, Christian and, uh, and Jungle Boy. Jungle and you Boy. Had the Texas Death match that didn't follow the Texas Death rules. That's just a sticking point of my own personal. And half people agree with me, and half don't care. Um, a Texas meth Death match. Damn it! You pin the person. Then there's a rest period. Then they can answer the ten count. That is a Texas death match. What you did was a last man standing match that you could also lose by submission. Like basically what you did was a no pinfalls match and called it a Texas death match. Why you had to call it. It's not like you were even in Texas. So you're not playing to the local thing. You're not following the rules properly, which they have done in the past because you don't want to call it. Because in Tony Khan's mind, WWE took a Texas death match and renamed it Last Man Standing, which they did not. They changed the rules. Right. Impact Wrestling did an actual Texas death match with Mickey James and Deanna Parrazzo that followed the proper format. And if I were to book a Texas death match, I'd be like, you are pinning. Larry Zabisco did a Texas death match back in the AWA where he was trapped purposely got himself pinned just so he could get out of the move. It was strategy. So he could beat the 10 count. Yes. Right. He didn't have the 10 count wasn't a worry, but he knew the hold would have to be broken and he could go to neutral corner before, you know, and sometimes there's a 30 second rest period. Sometimes you just have to go to neutral corner and then the 10 count takes place. But that is a Texas death match pinfall 10 count. They just did a last man standing match. Like, and that's fine. Just call it something else. You read. You you call the casket match a final burial. Come up with a new name. 
Right. So that's just and 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 I could totally see the conversation where Moxie's probably like that's not a Texas Death Match and 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 Tony Khan's like just do it and he's like fine you're paying me six million dollars I'll go do it but it's like that bothers me okay but and like I think there were like four matches that had blood in them like that's not necessary but at the same right. time there were some good things like the Ass Boys winning is is good because they should win because they're the team is you know their homegrown talent a lot of homegrown talent did go over on this show. Yes, I did that see I that. I think is yeah. really good. Um, Paige beat Moxley, which I thought was great. MJF beat Dan. Like, this show was literally pretty much all of the, you know, AEW homegrown we used talent to, going over. So I like right, that. Right. We used to play this game. We used to play the game on the show of, like, who will win, who should win. Yes. And I feel like a lot of who should wins did win uh, on this show. Totally. And, I, and I think totally. that's a good thing. Uh, I just thought, and it's funny for me, like, as we, as we, nitpick it a lot of it to me was just sort of format and booking stuff that i read and again i didn't see i want to be clear yeah. i did not see this iron man match but the description if somebody like as i read the description of this match which i feel was a good description of the match yeah. Take I, I away remember the grade, coming to the, the article is very good I, I sit there and i'm reading i'm reading the description and i'm like this would have pissed me off watching live because of how it was done um, and because how it, the, the, the resolution was done. And, and it's not just the pet peeve over the, the sudden death element. It is very much about yeah. the progression of a match. I believe in an Iron Man match, if you're going to do it, needs to have, you know, these like sort of, it needs to have a lot of pinfalls. Like I don't yes like no. the one-to-one, not like I, and I think three and three, or three and two, like done the way, you know, sprinkled throughout. And again, depending on the story you tell, right. I it's think all about the story works. you tell. Yeah. Because because yeah, you could have a bunch of, you know, Samoa Joe could get flash pinned like seven times. Right. And, and that doesn't make him any less of an Iron Man. But I think and I think with MJF, well, I really would have booked pins, it. So he is. Uh, but with and the MJF bit, right. He I would have absolutely had MJF do the flurry of falls thing early. However, he gets, even if he cheats to do it, like, you know, like he did, like doesn't right. get caught doing the low blow. Like don't have him get caught doing the low blow and getting a cheap one. Have him get a cheap four pins, have Daniel Bryan Danielson make the big comeback and, and MJF survives. Maybe it's a rope break. Maybe it's a kick out right. as the clock is expiring. Or, or the old, or he's got he doesn't kick the out. Yes lock and he doesn't tap out, you know. He taps one second after. And, which is, I Do think, that. happened. Tell that. I actually right. think that happened in the match. That's how they ended the overtime. Um, or no, that was how they ended That's regulation. That's how they ended regulation, right? yeah. He tapped yeah, out he ended regulation of him surviving that. Yeah. Have him, have that be the end of the match with him having one pinfall up on Daniel Bryan Danielson. That's all. The So, so that was question one. Um, question before two. we go to question two, before we go to question two, okay. some people will argue that it's okay because they love the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, which a lot of people now are not loving it as much as they used to. And if Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart ended one, one, I would have been, been a little bit better. Here's the problem that I have with Iron Man matches in general. You know, it's going an hour going in, you know, it's going an hour. And I've said it a million times. If I was booking Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania, I make it a two out of three falls match that the goes the 60 limit? minutes with a one, one tie. And then gorilla monsoon 
puts the last fall in overtime and all of that. Because then, and I think that would be heralded today as like the greatest WrestleMania main event of all time. Because then it would be this 60-minute draw that you didn't know was going to happen. And, right. And, and he, but I will also say this. If you try to use that match as justification for this match, that was over 20 years ago. That was done at a time where we didn't have weekly episodic television. I will right. also say this. Because that was, that was Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, won the Royal Rumble, whatever. Like, it wasn't this big rematch. I've also long said that if you're going to do an Iron Man match in present day wrestling, it should not be the first match. MJF should have beat Daniel Bryan Danielson in a regular match at Revolution and then fought him in an Ironman match at Double or Nothing. But we rush everything right. in AEW. Not everything. Some things go too slow. Some things we rush. This was rushed because they wanted to put on this great match. And I think, I'm sure Daniel Bryan Danielson wanted to do it. He wanted to go 60 minutes with Adam Cole on SmackDown when half the roster was trapped in Saudi Arabia. So he, he's wanted to do the 60-minute thing for a while now. And so Tony Khan gave it to him. It should have been a double or nothing where you go double or nothing, where you up the stakes. Um, so right. that is my, my only other big problem with it. But um, I think Daniel Bryan Danielson just wants to be able to stake his claim on being one of the people that made MJF, but MJF doesn't know who he is. So that's another, point. there you go. All right. So second point, here was my other, here's my other observation about AEW. And, and this one's your fault. Okay. So we'll put that out there. Cause so, so you went and you went and saw this live and in person. I did. Um, we, we've talked, we've, we've talked about tag teams a lot. Yes. And, I, and I've been, I've been watching, I've been watching some footage lately. The young bucks are the worst tag team in professional wrestling. Like you're not going to hear an argument and, from me. And, 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 and I can already, and, and Here's what did it in, and I don't even remember who they were wrestling on. Was it what's the Friday show? Rampage. They were Rampage? wrestling Aussie Open. Yes, and they did this spot, and I it know. was and I, and I saw it on the social the tombstone media spot. Where, right? And is it one? Is this a spot they do often? Yes. This is the dumbest spot in the history of wrestling. Yes. There's a top five would, list of dumbest spots currently in pro wrestling. They're all Young Bucks tag team maneuvers. What I, I don't understand. It's art. Why Patrick. anyone? It's art. No, 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 no. Yes. I don't understand how any objective fan of the art of professional wrestling. I'm I'm Jim Cornette. Even the art of tag one. team wrestling. Right. And if you are the opponent to to these guys. And you're being sold on a spot where you have to stand there like a doofus, have your partner thrown into you while you hold him like a doofus, and wait like a doofus for two other doofuses to make you drop your partner on his head like a doofus because you're so beat up that you don't know where you you are, but you can hold them to do a fucking tombstone pile driver or whatever it is. Plain as day held him in position too. Like plain as day in the camera shot. That that is objectively awful on all levels of professional wrestling. And you know, like I've tried to be like tried to give the benefit of the doubt to like the spot stuff, but like watching 
the amount of time and effort it takes when you're wrestling the young bucks to set up any spot for them to do to you to make it believable that they could actually do it is impossible. You as an opponent have to, and I've seen this in AEW a lot. I I, I see this in wrestling a lot too. So I, the WWE is not in this, but I really see it at these young bucks matches it's worse where you that. have to like, you have to stand and wait and try to sell that you don't know, like that you don't know where you are and that your senses are so knocked silly so that you can then catch them when they do whatever stunt that they're going to jump on you to do. It's awful. It's bad. It's even, it's bad spot wrestling. It's not even bad wrestling. It's, it's bad spot wrestling. And these guys have convinced a legion of folks and Tony Khan that they're the best tag team that AEW has to offer? It's terrible. Like what? It really is. So I was obviously there like live what? for this match. And here's the crazy thing. The match, from what I understand, I did watch the Rampage. I don't always watch Rampage, but I watched this one because I wanted to see how it looked on television after having been there. They edited 10 minutes off of that match. That match was so freaking long that they edited 10 minutes off. Oh, really? And here's the problem with that. Wow. Dynamite, they did the dark taping, which was an hour. There's a fight, like a fight, you know, a little bit of a break. Then they did two hours of dynamite. Then it took them almost 30 minutes to change their arena around for Rampage. Ooh, then they did a, a like tough on a crowd. 30 minute tag match. Well, good. I would say about 30 to 40% of the fans left, but it still looked fine on television. We were going right. to leave. The only reason we didn't leave was because they had an advertised match for Lance Archer in action. And that told Greg's brain, local talent. And I wasn't going to leave and yeah. not see one of our wrestlers from IZW right, potentially right, right. get a match. And he did. And so I would have been Good. kicking myself had I found out later that Bryce Saturn wrestled Lance Archer and I didn't get to see it because I support him just like all the other talent that worked on Dark. Because um, we had nine wrestlers that appeared there. Like, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> big source of pride. But... Of the 11 local talents that were used. Well, maybe 12 if you count Daniel Camilla. So 75% of them were, were IZW talent. Like, go us. But it was it was just so hard. Like, we were just staying. So we, we didn't even see the last match. We left before that. But we were waiting to see who Lance Archer was going to wrestle. And that Young Bucks match was so bad. And, and you could ask Miranda. I was just like, over and over and over again. Rick Knox was the referee. Now, apparently, if yeah. I watch BTE... There's an ongoing joke that they pay off Rick Knox to ref their matches, and that's why he does this. But I shouldn't have to watch BTE to understand this. And so here's what Rick Knox does. And I've seen Aubrey Edwards do it too in AEW and other referees. A tag is made. They start to count. One, two, three, four. They get to four. Now, at the first ever AEW, you gotta stop. They, told, they told us there was a 10 count. They forgot about it later in the same event and never brought it up again. And I'm okay with the 10 oh, count. Boy. Like if you want more right. time and you want to use a 10 count, go for it. Cause a 10 count probably takes like 30 seconds. Cause they don't just say one, 1000. They say one, two, like you always see what refs do. Like it's not seconds. It's count. He counts to right. four, like you said, and then stops. And at one point in this match, the next time there was only two wrestlers in the ring was three minutes later. 
And that's the uh, worst I've seen. And I've timed AEW on it before. I've gotten at two and a half minutes. I've gotten 90 seconds. It happened. And I remember I tweeted about it a year ago or plus. It was an Aubrey Edwards ref match. She hit four, stopped counting. And there was 90 seconds after that or after the tag that the ring finally had two legal wrestlers in it. And, and it, like, it happens on occasion everywhere. I get it, but it literally happens all the damn time. Right. And this, this happened at least three times in that Young Bucks match, plus all the spots it took forever to set up, plus the most awful looking BTE trigger finisher that, like, if I were Aussie Open, now the only reason Aussie Open even had this match because they were publicly complaining on social media about not being used, which happens a lot in AEW. Same thing happened to Lance Archer. Right. He gets a squash match yep. on, on Rampage. Now he's back on Dark. But before he wasn't even on dark, so I guess that's a win. I don't know. But so Aussie Open complained, and that's how they got this match. And then they probably realized they were better off not. But they were a great tag team. I've seen footage of them. They are fantastic. They can't say anything because they're wrestling the Young Bucks, and it's an AEW. But I'm sure they were more pissed off than any of us about how that thing went down. Right. Because they are classically trained, really good pro wrestlers from everything that I understand. And Well, it's like... It's just so there's a lot of rumors coming up that at the end of this year, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks contracts are up. And I firmly believe Kenny Omega could go to WWE and could do well, could at least get to the Intercontinental Championship level, could at least get a world title shot at some point. I'm not going to say whether he could be a world champion because there's a lot of factors that come into play with being a world champion. That includes things like luck and timing and injury and whatever. And Roman Reigns. And I feel like Kenny, at, you know, he's like 38 or whatever now. Like the only thing he hasn't done is work a WrestleMania. So I think he's going to go. I don't think the Young Bucks are going to go because if they went, they would have to relearn how to wrestle. Yeah, Not they'd be great in NXT for like how to three be safe years. And all that. But they would literally, and it had been longer three years they were doing this crap. They would literally have to, like, they would get disqualified in every match for taking too long. Right. No, no, no. That's what I'm would, saying they would, would be great the in NXT for three years, learning how to relearning how to wrestle. It's yeah, it's really bad. And is it, I mean, I guess it's because they're what they're fun and goofy and joke. That's like why <sighs> because it fits that fan. Like base. and because that and fan base is willing to let things slide. Craig, a decade ago, I liked the Young Bucks, and I didn't. But you know this. Like and I have personal. Like I didn't love the. But. I didn't love the Young Bucks, but like you know, I don't have personal reasons to to like them or not like them. I've never met them. I've I've seen them once enter into an ROH show with Dave Marquez. Uh, he did not. Enter no, with sorry, them. just kidding. They no, entered. They were there doors at separate times. Right. No, Jimmy Jacobs was the one who was with uh, Dave at the time. Marquez came with a couple uh, of other was, wrestlers. Came by himself. Well. The one I no, saw, he, he was by himself. No, when I was standing at the door as security, because I was the guy, like, I got told to let them in. I know. Like, because when I saw him come in, he was by himself. For the record, by the way, I just spoke to Dave Marquez a few weeks ago because they, you know, Championship Wrestling did a show out here in Arizona and we were there. And it was a very good conversation. I, I've, in 2023, Greg DeMarco has a large affinity for Dave Marquez and really does appreciate him. I can't say the same thing about 2010, but in 2023, Greg DeMarco is actually a very big fan right. of Dave Marquez, who he is present day, and and had a really, really good conversation with him and some other people and really appreciated it. So I will yeah. say that. Much. I was just a guy. Yeah. But anyway, I just, 
like I don't know what like I'm sitting there watching these guys. I'm like, I don't know if it's just that they're doing what they can because they can and have just kind of quit. I just don't remember them being that bad. I think and, it's gotten worse because they're enabled. And and Yeah, just, I guess so, yeah. When you get later in your career, you kind of play the hits, right? I mean, they're in their late thirties. Right. They're they're, um, they're closer so to the I don't know. I don't know. I just you know, and yeah, they're not the tag team champions, you know, at in AEW as as you know currently. They're they're whatever that trio they lost their trios thing. They did, this, thankfully, this, to the house of this Black. past week. Yeah. That was another so, thing too. Like literally, that was a part problem I have with that tag match, okay? They're wrestling the tag match with Aussie Open. And if you, yep. this would, I, it would be worth it for you to go and watch this match. But don't bother. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. <laughs> and during the match, the lights go out. It's like yep. a House of Black intimidation spot. So the lights go out when the Young Bucks have the advantage. Mind you, the Young Bucks still won the match. And that's part of my problem yep. with AEW. If you're going to do something that puts... The, the the baby face team or whatever, one team at a disadvantage, it's okay for them to then lose because they didn't lose right. clean. But they still won. In the acclaimed match on that on that episode of Dynamite, the guns came out and caused a big old distraction and a big old fuss. And yet the acclaimed still won. That's a match the acclaimed could have lost and shown a weakness in. Like they don't like if you're gonna do these things Use it to build up some other talent. Aussie Open could have won that match, had a tremendous boost to themselves, and the Young Bucks would have suffered nothing because of the distraction. So you had two different distractions that did not cause a team to lose. It makes a lot of it makes their opponents look even worse. Like you right. made Aussie Open look it, like a bunch of failed. doofuses, like you said, and they lost a match where they were the beneficiaries of a blackout distraction. Right. They did the blackout during the match. They did the blackout after the match. And and the blackout live takes a long time because you've got to get all of the House of Black members out to the ring, surrounding the ring. Lights come back on. We're all intimidating. Lights go back off. It takes forever. They leave. They go back. Lights come back on. Now it's just the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega again. On TV, it was lights out, lights back on. Like it wasn't right. 45 seconds of darkness to get everybody out there. So, but what bugged me is that that distraction still wasn't enough for Aussie Open to win. Like... That bothered me. I can only imagine how much FTR hates these matches. And and I did, like you got like you this is what you tried to get away from. This yeah. is this is what you said you didn't want to deal with. And I mean they're not. So they're gonna come in, they're gonna that. put over the guns and they're probably gonna leave when their contracts are up in April. Right. And so go into anyway, so all of the, this these these were my AEW thoughts is I really needed to, to just Finally, say it. The I Young do Bucks want to are the say, worst tag team in all of wrestling. Being there live, I did actually overall. I enjoyed my my dynamite experience. I will give it an eight and a half out of ten. No, I won't. But um, I did enjoy do you give that. Do you give I, that match a D minus? Oh God, F minus. I'd give that match the same thing that the NFL players give the Cardinals facilities. I give it an F minus. Right. Um, or the fact that they have to their pe- players have to pay for food, which is stupid. But I, it just bothered me. There's a lot of things that bothered me about that event, and those were were there. But there were some really good things that were fun to see. I had a bucket list of things that I wanted. We'll just talk about it now. I wanted to see the acclaimed, and the whole scissor me. Yep, we did scissor. I wanted to see. I wanted. I wanted Jericho's theme song. 
I wanted to sing Judas because I think it's fun and I like that. And and if anybody says I'm stupid, same people that would sing Seth Rollins theme song, which I would also do. Right. Probably will also do. Which didn't that did that happen somewhere at an AEW show? The Seth Rollins. They sang Seth Rollins. Maybe. I don't know if they did. I didn't see it. Jericho came out. Things I've read. So they did this like 30 minute changing of the ring area. Then Jericho comes out because he does commentary on Dynamite or on Rampage. He then cuts a promo running down the crowd that was only for the crowd. Do that during the changeover. (laughs) Instead of wasting more time. He comes all the way to the ring, cuts his music off, tells people that they're not good enough to sing a song, and then walks back up the ramp and sits down for commentary. Do that from the stage while they're changing the ring around. And I wanted that, and I wanted Adam Cole. I got everything but Adam Cole. I wanted to do Adam Cole, baby. I have a feeling I am going to die one day not having done an Adam Cole baby during a wrestling event. I think that's my destiny. He was there. He just did his thing from backstage. I'm like, Tony Mm. Khan, let him do this from the stage at least. I don't care. Just give me what I want. I was Dave Bautista. Give me what I want. He didn't. But I got the the acclaimed. I got Ricky Starks, who wasn't even advertised. That was fun because you know my affinity for Ricky Starks. And, and, you know, still get to talk to him on occasion. And I'm very excited about what he's got going on now. I think it's amazing. Um, so got to see the Ricky Stark, got to see Chris Jericho, got to see a lot of what I really wanted to see. And of course, all the, the spotlight that was put on local talent. So all in all, a very good night. As I, we already talked about this in the hashtag Brent show last week, but as I, as I wrap it up here for you, we're going to go to commercial and we're going to do a really fun list. Eight, seven, let's do it. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Dean fucking Ambrose. Acknowledge me. Shut your dumb mouth. You just made the list. By the way, Patrick O'Dowd. It's worth it to go back and find the promo between Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho that took place in Phoenix. Basically, Starks baited Jericho into agreeing with the match with no outside interference from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho agrees to everything, and Ricky's got the contract. It was an open contract, but Jericho's the one who answered it. Jericho, they agree to everything, and Jericho's like, I'm ready to sign the contract, but unfortunately, I don't have a pen. So then Ricky was like, well, that's, that's too bad because I do. Pulls out the pen, gives it to him. And then it went back to when, remember when Chris Jericho would put people on the list, he would take the pen, hold it up, and then yep. click. The pen got the biggest freaking pop. Um, I just <laughs> love Jericho. Modern day Jericho to me is just, he gets it. And, and he is, is a Hall of Famer through and through. But this run of Jericho has been highly entertaining. I know he said he wouldn't, but I truly believe he'll end his career in WWE. And it's just been great. And and that was a great moment. Like he just only Chris Jericho could get a pen over. And and he got the pen over so much. So I love that aspect of it all too. And I, I think it's great that Ricky Starks has been working with him. So this week's list, it's a good thing we didn't record last week because I did not have an idea for the list. That's really why we didn't record. No, it was computer issues and snow. Right. But this week's list was a lot of fun. Thought about it earlier today. I'm excited about it because it combines some things that are fun. So this week's list, singles stars born out of a tag team. 
You just made the list. So we got to know them in a specific company, whatever company that is, as a member of a tag team before they did anything solo and then went on to become a single star. What level you consider star is up to you. This is our list. It's not a top six list. It's just our list. Singles, stars that were born out of a tag team. I gave you an example in our text. Yes. If I use that example, will I be stealing anybody from your list? Yes, but in the time since I complained about only having five names, I now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, okay. eight names. I'm going to use so the I example anyway. And if it's on your list, it's on your list. Don't change your list because of me. Two, I'll use two examples, okay? Number one, Jeff Hardy would be eligible. We got to know him as a member of the Hardy Boys. He became a single star. Tito Santana would not. Tito Santana was an intercontinental champion long before he was ever a member of Strike Force. So that is the difference. And that is what means whether or not we can tell somebody, you just made the list. Singles, stars, born out of a tag team. Patrick Dowd gets to go first. We will take turns. Then we'll put this puppy in order. So Patrick Dowd, who is the first single star born out of a tag team that you want to put on the list? Uh, I'm going to start in the NWA slash WCW tag team ranks. This guy uh, was part of one of my favorite tag teams uh, from the late 80s, early 90s, all the way until he broke out on his own by betraying his tag team partner and brother and joining the NWO. That is Scott Steiner. of course, I'm talking about the Steiner brothers. Couldn't pick. Rick was actually a solo guy until Scott yes. started wrestling with him. And Even then like they champion. wrestled as the Steiners. Right. And Scotty was, uh, you know, for a long time, they were really reluctant to even break up. Uh, and so Scotty I remember turned like down that. the world title. Right. Flair wanted to put it on him when they had their Clash of Champions match before Scotty was blonde, before anything. And Scott said no, because he was worried they would fire Rick because Rick would no longer be needed. Right. Which is right. Crazy. And it is crazy to me. Uh, and it just, it's fascinating because he still, you, you know, when he finally did break away, like he made, he made quite a huge leap. He became quite the big deal. So Scott Steiner. And Rick is a person that I appreciate more now than I did then. Yes. Like did did, did you listen to 83 weeks this week? No, I, I no. saw it. I want to, I know I'll have to skip the yeah, first half It's a half good episode. It, but yeah. Um, no, no, I, you really won't have to. As well, much. I saw, I already saw some headlines that were more things that Bischoff said about current wrestling. So I'm like, I'm going to skip that and just yeah. get it, but I will. Listen I didn't it. even notice it. Okay, good. So that, that's good to know. Scott Steiner was definitely an option that I had, but there's plenty of other options. So then I'm going to go with, I guess the other really obvious one, because this person came to me as a tag team and, and while maybe successful as a singles wrestler in the great country of Canada before coming to the world wrestling federation, as a member of the Hart Foundation, was one of my favorite wrestlers long before he ever got a push to be Intercontinental Champion and then eventually the WWF and WWE Champion. And that is, of course, Brett the Hitman Hart. So I will put the Hitman, one of my favorites as a kid. And then when he got the push, when he became Intercontinental Champion, I was satisfied. He never had to be World Champion for me. Then when he got up to World Champion, I was just like, well, damn, okay. So Brett the Hitman Hart is next on my list. I find that number two is always the hardest one for me to pick. Yeah. 
because this is this is when you're you're trying to figure out which of your favorite children you're gonna you're gonna send away. But I I'm also yeah I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go to the WWE and you can veto this one um, if 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 you think it's iffy. It's your list, it's but your item. I always I I couldn't find that they were anything of mention as a singles competitor in the WWF, um, but I certainly remember the Rockers and. I certainly remember Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty being together and only Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty being together until that fateful day when Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty through the barbershop window or whatever he did, super kicked Marty and then threw him through the barbershop window um, to then go on to be one of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling. And so Shawn Michaels, it was was my next one. No, definitely not a veto whatsoever. In fact, I think my next entry to the list is more of a potential veto than that. But then we'd really be stealing everything from uh, the, the old Mount Rushmore show. So we can't veto anyway. Right. So, uh, Badlands, by the Fair way. Fair enough. Pour, pour one out for, yes. for Badlands. Um, <laughs> them. And so mine, because this while, while this person did debut as a singles wrestler... They did not gain traction until after they were part of a tag team with their brother, who wasn't really their brother. I am, of course, talking about 11-time, I believe, world champion, WWE Hall of Famer, and current member of the roster, Edge, who, of course, I believe gained his most notoriety as Edge and Christian, and then, of course, they broke up. And I will go with it. It's funny you you. It's funny you mentioned Edge because I thought about Edge and then left him off because I was like, no, he started in the crowd as a singles he guy. Did, but, but you're he right. He did not like, gain a ton of notoriety, and so that's why I'm counting him. Until it's it's interesting that the Brood thing was a thing. Yeah, like yeah. and it's still a so thing. Weird. Like I'm sure everybody's hoping we get Brood Edge at WrestleMania again. So right. All right. So two more. I have three names. I have three names left. Okay, and only one name to choose. Yes. Oh man. Um. All right. I'm. I'm gonna go with uh, a Hall of Famer okay. in his own right. Um. I'm kind of hoping recently, you steal mine so that I can t- pick my other one. So. Well, and then I hope you'll let me name the other two that I didn't of choose. We always do that. Um, but uh, recently, well, as, as in recently, appeared in the last Royal Rumble, and after appearing in the last Royal Rumble, was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, wife is also a Hall of Famer at the WWE. Uh, started as a member of Harlem Heat in WCW with his brother Stevie Ray. Um, before really breaking out on his own and having that famous best of seven series with Chris Benoit becoming WCW, every WCW singles title in the books um, before becoming the two-time, two-time, then three-time, three-time heavyweight champion of the world. Also part of the worst Triple H (laughs) promo or one of the worst Triple H promos of all time. Booker T. Yeah, Booker T. Booker T is a great choice and was one. A lot of brothers, kayfabe or not, that ended up breaking yep. up. Um, 
Because I think, it, and it is sad, but there are some times where one brother is just better than the other one. I've said it before. We're right. going to see it with the Creed brothers from NXT. Julius is going to main event in WrestleMania, and Brutus is going to be Christian or Rick Steiner. Who knows? Um, hopefully not Marty Jannetty, because I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But, um, right. and he wasn't a brother. Well, he might be, just not Shawn Michaels. Booker T was on my list as well. Um, but you didn't, it wasn't one of the two I was hoping you would take, but I can also then talk about it later. Cause one of mine is a big time technicality, but I'm gonna take it anyway. I am going to go recent because sometimes okay. it's important to do so. And here's the crazy thing about my recent one. I could actually pick either member of this tag team and be correct. This might actually be the most successful two members of a tag team to break up. Maybe they'll catch up to edge and Christian. I don't know, but I'm going to pick one just out of personal favoritism. Actually, both of these guys have appeared on the program um, years ago. But I am going to pick the one that I want to pick, uh, one that we've actually, you and I have even met in person. So the tag team is, of course, DIY. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, which had a great run in NXT as a team. They lost. They lost their rematch. They broke up in one of the most amazing moments where... Tommaso Champa informed Johnny Gargano, this is just, this wasn't our moment. It's mine. Threw him into the screen. They'd already put up the show is over screen and, and yet stayed with it. And of course, it had a legendary feud. They've teamed up, they fought, they've done all kinds of things since then. They will be forever linked together. So I am going with Tommaso Champa as one of my. As the, the last person that I'm going to put on the list. You just made the list. So before we put this list in order, Patrick O'Dowd, because we've already been yep. doing this for an hour and 20 minutes. Why not? An hour and 20 minutes a long time ago was nothing for you and I. That's kind of crazy. Um, right. Who, who we, who'd we leave off? Who'd you leave off? Who were some of your honorable mentions? Who, so who you had suggested him when... You'd suggest him. You'd suggest him during the brainstorming session, and I said I I put him on there just in case I got desperate. Uh, I didn't have to use him, but uh, Rick Martel, mm-hmm. who you know was um, interesting because he he was first part of the Can-Am connection, and then later, what right was he in Can-Am? Rick Martel was in the Can-Am connection with Tom Zink. Yeah, it was him and Tom Zink. Zink left, and then and then Hannah stepped in. Right, and then it became Strike Force. Um, and then I had also out of the Heart Dungeon, the British Bulldog, Davy yes. Boy Smith. Uh, and then last, and this is the one who almost went in instead of Booker T, Rikishi Fatu. Mm, that's a good uh, one. Samoan SWAT team to dancing in the middle of a ring, doing it for The Rock. Yep. Amongst other things. For The Rock. So I had on my list... I would, you could have gone with either of them. I had three where you could have gone with, or four that you could have gone with either person. I would have gone with Sting as he was a member of the Blade Runners with Blade Runners, the Ultimate Warrior, who was, of course, right. Rock at that time, and Sting was Flash. Um, I also considered going with, um, oh, now I can't remember who they were. It was just there and now it's gone. I can't remember who it was. Um, we talked about the Hardy Boys earlier. Name the talents. I can't remember. Like it's, it's, it's oh. like on the tip of my oh, tongue. Oh, see, this is why I write them again. down. I know. And I didn't write them down. Um, but it was another one of my options besides the Dudleys. Champion. No, was it Bubba or Diva? think about the Dudleys, but that's a good one. Earlier. I actually thought about James Storm, America's most wanted. I thought about Bobby Roode, beer money. Um, 
Those were those were both. You even could have gone Dolph Ziggler Spirit Squad, maybe because yeah. they did hold the tag titles at one point. Um, that was an option as well. But there was one more that I'm trying to remember who it was, and it was another one where you could have put either of them on the list. And now I can't remember who the hell it was. So I don't know. No idea. Do you know? Do you even have like a vague recollection of like the decade or the era? I think it was, was somewhat more recent. It? it was definitely WWE. Um, maybe I'm trying to think if it was NXT or not, but I just can't. I mean, Chad Chad Gable could have been an argument. Um, maybe. It's weird since he's back in a tag team, but you could say that same thing about Bobby Roode. But he also right. didn't. They also didn't make the list. So I don't know. Maybe as we go through putting these lists in order, I'll come up with it because we still got to do that. Sure. It'll you just made the list. Okay. All right. This is my list. So I get to pick who's going to be number one and then we'll take turns from there. And I am going to go. There's a lot of people you could put number one on this list. So I'm just going to play favorite. Right. And I'm going to put Edge right. as number one. All right. Um, well, since we're playing that game, I'm going to put Shawn Michaels at number two. Uh, I just why not? I and actually, Edge wasn't the one of your picks. I thought you were going to put first. So, is it Bret Hart who I'm putting at number three? It, yes, it might be. It's only fitting that the two of those are side by side. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, Booker T. Okay, next. I actually just because I like him more than anybody else has looked. Then I am going to go Scott Steiner because, of course, he became a world champion. Um, and I think he's a good one. Leaving you with number six. Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa. Um, remembered who it is just now. Remembered who it is. Could have put either member on there. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Who, of course, yeah. rose to prominence as In Jericho and Kevin Steen. So that was the other one. That I was going to put on. Yeah, I thought of that one too. Um, but I think because they rose to prominence in ROH and then had separate debuts and separate trajectories in WWE before teaming, both holding single titles before right. they were teaming, that's why they didn't make the list. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, list, two great single stars, but did debut in NXT as a tag team after the cruiserweight classic where they had to wrestle each other and they were already teaming. So that was a thing when they did that. So to summarize single stars born out of a tag team. Number one is edge. Number two is Shawn Michaels. Number three is Bret Hart. Number four is Booker T number five is Scott Steiner. And number six is Tommaso Ciampa. Congratulations to all six of you. You just made the list. A lot of honorable mentions this time. We don't always have a ton of honorable mentions, but we did this time. And uh, it's a lot of fun when we do that. So I'm very, very happy with with that list. Now I've got to find this. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. Was our glasses conversation for you on air or off air? I can't remember now. Off air, I think. Okay, that's fine. Um, Unless you recorded it, yeah. No, no, I didn't. I think I started the show with me saying, let's start the show. And then I started the show. So, number one, question for you, Patrick O'Dowd. Today, Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. I should have done that earlier when we're recording this. 
was the final day for teams in the NFL to utilize the franchise tag. I am actually not upset that the New York Giants signed Daniel Jones because Brian Dayball, to me, I feel like he's making it work, and, and so I'm okay with him not having to bring another quarterback in. And they tagged Saquon, which I'm also okay with, um, even though it's kind of weird that Lamar got 32 and Daniel Jones got 40, but whatever. The NFL is weird sometimes. Your favorite NFL football team, the Chicago Bears, <laughs> is on the clock, even though free agency will happen before the draft. And they have Justin Fields. Yep. What do you do if you were the Bears? Keep ju- keep Justin Fields, trade your number one pick to the Indianapolis Colts, who are desperate for a quarterback, and get the defensive line help that you need, as opposed to taking what I think is – like I get the tantalizing tools of one Bryce Young, um, but I also think that Justin Fields showed you enough this season – to show that you you can build around him and they will be better for it. I just don't I don't want them to to draft another quarterback. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. The Cardinals did it where they used two straight first round picks on quarterbacks years ago. I am in Arizona right. now. I almost said Arizona native, but I'm not, but I'm a resident of Arizona. I am watching the small but tantalizing quarterback not work in Arizona. And even though it's really, you talk about Whoa. a polarizing topic in the state of Arizona, um, it just doesn't work. You look confused, Patrick O'Dowd. Sorry. Um, one of the websites I had up for like information and stuff blasted a commercial into my ear. So oh, it did not. Sorry, podcasters. If that, yeah, it's like if that made air, that, that's no, if you, like were usually, if you had the voice meter open, it would have made air, but it, it didn't. So that's good. Right. Um, okay. So, second three minute warning topic. Going back to Christmas, I bought a sample pack. I didn't buy a sample pack. I received a free sample pack from a local company that I really enjoy called Live Bearded. My beard has never felt better. This is not a commercial. I'm not getting paid for any of this, but I, I had the six different scents, picked my products, love it, use it every single day. The reason why I bring this up is because the people on this podcast probably don't know this. Patrick O'Dowd used to have a mean goatee. I did. And I've brought it up in the show before. In the very famous, you know, this business was built on the backs of men and is currently carrying the backs of men and women, where we went through and ranked everybody, you know, if they were a boy, a guy, a dude, or a man. Same with with the women. Um, I, at one point, was encouraging Patrick O'Dowd to bring back the goatee. Patrick O'Dowd, can, can we ever... Just get the facial hair back. Like, is there going to be a time in your life where you're like, I'm ready to transition and get the facial hair back? I have, I have considered growing actually like a full beard. That would be amazing. Back out. Just one, just to see how it would look. You know, you're talking about Austin theory's beard earlier. Um, I really like, I don't think it would be patchy. Like, like if it grew out, cause, cause just the way, like, given the, the goatee, I, like, I don't believe it would be patchy as long as you gave yeah, it, it was a very, it was, it was a very full it was. goatee. It, it was, um, it was exquisite. It really was. You remember why, you remember why that got taken off, right? I you assumed it was a white thing, but I have no idea. No, I was, uh, I was, I was trimming the goatee. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. And while grooming, 
I dropped the clippers and the face guard shattered on my clippers when I was halfway done. Oh no. So I had half a goatee trimmed down and the other half kind of wild and crazy and out there. And so I I was getting ready, I was getting ready to go to work. It was, this is when I was still at UConn. Um because it was um right. Or no, this wasn't I, I shaved I shaved at UConn for the wedding. And then yes. this happened. I, I grew it back out. And then afterwards, uh, this clipper thing happened because it was um, when the little O'Dowd, it was shortly after the little O'Dowd was born. Um, but yeah, I dropped, I dropped the clippers, busted the face guard, mm-hmm. had this half, half shaven down, half wild man looking goatee. The clippers themselves still worked and I didn't have another face guard and I didn't want to go about the day looking like, you know, two face. So, um, I took just, I took the whole thing off and have never gotten another set of clippers or anything since. I just haven't ever done it. And have just, you know, joined dollar shave club and have been rocking this sweet, sweet baby face ever since. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's added years to your life in terms of, 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 I had somebody today. Yeah, somebody today did not believe that I was in my forties. No, Patrick O'Dowd does not look like he's in his forties whatsoever, especially on uh, camera. Maybe in person, but but not on camera. I would, I would buy you clippers if you grew. (laughs) I did. This is really important to you. I because it was, it's just one of those guy things. Like it was amazing. Yeah. I, I love like literally every time I go get my hair cut by the same girl and there's Megan at the, the great the sport clips on Thunderbird. You should go there if you're nearby. Um, she does a fantastic job. I followed her from three different stores and now she's the manager and it's great for her. Um, she's always like, how's that going? I you like the product, blah, blah, blah. She's always talking about it. Um, and, and so I've had this like resurgence where I enjoy it because for like 10 years of having a beard, I never even did a good job of like trimming it. And then, and I never used products regularly until two months ago. Like softeners and oils yeah, and stuff. So yeah. Fun. Um, and it's all the rage now. It's a big business. But I don't know. Like, like it's come up before, whatever. And it's just like people, I don't even think people realize, like, because some, some people just can't grow it. And so they shouldn't. Right. Oh, yeah. In absolutely. this day and age, right. there are a lot of people in the world, like Austin Theory, who have it and should not. Like, it just right. looks and, – and I just want to tell people sometimes, like, get rid of it. Like, it's just not working for you. It's okay. Um, I sh- I grew it the first time because it was a baby beard. So we were having my daughter, wife's second pregnancy, and it was like, don't come near me. She hated facial hair. And so I grew it because why not? Kids born, I shaved the beard off. Day later, wife's like, can you grow it back? <laughs> how long have we been married now this has been like nine ten years now you want me to grow up so i, I will back. say Had it ever since so yeah i will say that the mrs o'dowd has never clamored for the return of facial hair all the more reason um, to bring it back i need to come up with some fair. kind of i need to find some kind of sound bite of, of something about a beard you're going to be grown in or whatever but I, this you is know my I, I do i do think i'm going to give up the I patrick 500 week, and and hey. instead campaign for I'll the do I'll do no shave November 
I'll do no shave no November and then just keep it. That that that'd be how we could swing that. And I think you would um, grow. It. I do it, think it does take time to grow it in if you're worried about being patchy and that sort of thing. But because because mine for the longest time wouldn't connect, and then when I finally let it oh, go. Oh yeah, see, I never had that problem connected. with the goatee. Like with the goatee, like that thing. So yeah, you'll be fine. Like although some people it connects. Like if you look at like Jimmy Uso, right? He has the connection, but then he has the space. Randy Orton has that too. Right. Like as we're, as we're, you know, right. referring to people in, in the world of pro wrestling, some people, and some people like, like every time I see Drew McIntyre, I'm like, I don't know who lines up your beard, but fire them. Cause it's horrible. And, and, and right. it could be shaped so much better. And he grows a full beard, but it's not being used very well. Rollins, of course, is immaculate. Patrick O'Dowd, I, I guarantee you in this day and age where everybody has a beard would still be able to stand out. And I'm not big bushy. Like I am big on take good care of it, trim it up, all that kind of stuff. I think you would, you'd be in the upper echelon if you grew it back. So I am throwing my vote in there to bring back the beard. Fair fair enough. By the way, listener, next week's list will be best beards in wrestling. Might as well. Actually, I think that will be that. I think that is next week's list. The problem with that is everybody freaking has one and it's like such a, it's an annoyance, but I think there's some great people we can put on that list. So I am 100% on board with this. So, so with that, with my public campaigning for Patrick O'Dowd to bring back the beard, that will do it for this week's edition of the Greg DeMarco show. We appreciate you listening. This is a lot of fun. Um, but the time change happens next week, so it's going to be harder to go longer in those time frames. But I'm excited about what we get to do and, and the fun we're going to have. So I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversations about Cody Rhodes, Jay Uso. I guess we also talked about um, what, what the Cody Rhodes thing got derailed into something else. Now I can't even remember what it was. For we like Austin Theory and John Austin Cena. And John we Cena, talked yes. about the Young Bucks. The Young we Bucks talked about AEW. AEW. We had a fantastic list. And and just just a lot of fun. So I hope you loved and enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> Until next time, a couple things I want you to do: buy a T-shirt. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And cherish this because it's going to be quite a few months before we are able to have a podcast where we go all night long. The music play on, play on, play on. Everybody sing, everybody dance. Lose yourself in wild romance. We're going to party, caram, fiesta forever. Come on and sing along. We're going to party, caram, fiesta forever.